Hey everybody, this is another episode of Real Talk for Real Women. Let the healing begin. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining Real Talk for Real Women. In today's episode, we will be discussing facing our fears. Fears, 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 fears. We all have them. And how do we face them? Some of the fears that I've faced in my lifetime, I'm 55 years old, so some of the fears that I've faced are fears with going back to school. I went back to school later in life at the age of 48 after my youngest child graduated high school, and I recall being fearful about putting the application in and not being as young as I used to be and my brain not being as sharp and Oh, I'm going to be in the classroom with younger kids and they're going to run circles around me. It nearly paralyzed me and kept me from putting the application in. But I did it and I ended up being very successful, so successful that I graduated with honors. And had I let my fear keep me paralyzed, that would not have happened. Some other fears that I've dealt with that actually caused me grief is being afraid of enclosed spaces. So claustrophobic. And I recall having stomach issues and going to get all these tests and the doctors wanted to do an MRI and I questioned them, you know, how is the equipment set up? Is it a closed MRI? Is it an open MRI? And I, I, I delayed getting the test done. And I recall the morning I got up to go get my MRI. They told me I was going to have an open MRI. And I arrived at the hospital at 6.45 a.m. And I went alone and they had me undressed. I put my robe on. They explained what they were going to do. And they took me to the equipment. And I recall getting on the table and the nurse telling me she was going to leave the room. I was going to be in this tube for 45 minutes. And I freaked out. I, I, I was like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, I want to leave. And so I got dressed, got off the table, got dressed and went on about my business and dealt with those stomach issues for probably another six months or so before everything came to a head. And I ended up in the emergency room having to get emergency surgery. I had to get two surgeries, as a matter of fact. Had I gotten that MRI done early on, they would have caught the problem that was going on with my gallbladder. But fear paralyzed me and caused me to land in the emergency room and to be out of work for over six weeks. Other fears that I've dealt with, public speaking, but I've been able to push through that by joining a Toastmasters group and learning how to speak on my feet and give presentations. Fear of interviewing. How have I pushed through that? Learning about the company, preparing for the interview, going in for the interview, 
And for me, it's always when I feel like I've done my worst on interviews, those are the jobs that usually call me back. Another fear, getting sick and specifically getting Alzheimer's. My mother was diagnosed with early onset dementia at the age of 55 and she passed away at the age of 66. So she lived with that for 12 years. And I would say I lived with it even longer because I dreaded getting to my 55th birthday, which I just turned 55 this year. And I was afraid that I would get the same disease that she had. And it seemed like God had to show me that no, just because it happened to your mom doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So for my 55th year, it has started off with a blast. I mean, I took a test for a test I have been trying to pass for years. I kid you not. I went to school for court reporting when my kids were young and it was going to be my uh, my retirement career is what I called it. It's like when I finish doing what I'm doing now, I am going to be a court reporter. That's going to be my retirement job. And as I got, you know, close to my fifties, I was like, Oh, it's time to start preparing for this. And I had taken that test y'all for a number of years, because in the state of Georgia, you have to be certified to work as a court reporter. And I've gotten close so many times. You have to pass these skills exams with 95 or higher. And I've got 93s, 94s. And I essentially gave up hope. And this year was my breakout year, my, my year where I thought I was going to get Alzheimer's, I was going to get sick. It has been my breakout year. I took my exam for the court reporting. I threw my hat back in the ring and passed it with flying colors. I was in tears when that happened. So that happened to me this year at the age of 55, passed that exam. The other big thing that happened was that I launched a nonprofit. This has been another thing that has been in the works for years. And this is the year that everything came to fruition. I had a launch party in October that was a huge success and raised enough money to uh, give out four scholarships and to start a mentoring program. I partnered with a local nonprofit. And again, this was my breakout year, but so many years I, you know, was dreading turning 55 because I felt like, oh, I'm going to get sick like my mother. So fear, it's, it's serious. It's serious. And when you have those irrational fears, like in my situation with the whole being claustrophobic, um, that almost caused me, you know, again, six weeks of work, off of work and having to get emergency surgery because I didn't do what the doctors had told me to do. And so I want to help you face your fears and push through them. Not saying that they're not unfounded, but we have to face them in order to move forward. 
And I have some friends and family that I've invited to join me today to share about their fears and how they have pushed through them. And so these individuals are, they range in age from late 20s to early 70s. And they're going to share their fears and how they push through them. Crystal, thank you for joining us. Please share one of the fears that you have dealt with in the past or that you are currently dealing with and how you have handled it. Thank you for this opportunity to share my testimony. One of my fears is fear. I recently had an operation on my back, my spine, and developed drop foot as a result of that. And I tell you, I didn't think about being healed. It just seemed like every time the nurse or the doctor came into the room, there was something else that was wrong. And I started thinking, I'm never going to get out of here because I was in the hospital where I had the original surgery. I went from there straight to rehab. I was there for about a week and a half. Then I was rushed to the emergency room where I was admitted into the hospital for another two weeks. So my mind is just going and I know what the word of God says. And I said, Lord, I know you said you'd be with me always. I know you're right here in the room. However, I still felt like I was never going to come out and my healing was not going to come. When I think about something in the past, that helped me to get through that time period. My daughter was only about two days old and I couldn't bring her home because she had jaundice in the eye, a real bad infection. Went in one eye to the other eye. And my father came to visit and saw her in the hospital and said, look at her as if she's healed. Even though her eyes are full with pus, look at her and say, Lord, I thank you for she is healed. He said, I don't care how she looks. And the next day I went to the hospital, her eyes look worse. And I just said, thank you for her healing. She is healed. And I realized when I totally gave it over to God, I wasn't anxious about it anymore. I didn't care how she looked. I just said she's healed. So about the third or fourth day when I went up to the hospital to visit, the nurses said, oh, your daughter's going home today. Just like that. But I realized the key was when I totally surrendered to God. So in my current situation, being in the hospital rehab, finding one thing after another. Oh, you have this, you have that. Now you have a hole in your heart. Now you have damage to your right kidney. I tell you, my faith was fainting, but I had to go back and I remember the situation with my daughter. And I just got to the point where I just said, you know what? I can't do anything else, but trust the Lord for my healing. And as a result, the Lord blessed and I came home and I'm doing well now. But I just want to say this last thing. There were two scriptures that I held on to. The one, the first scriptures in Isaiah 53 and 5, very familiar, which says, but, uh, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. 
So every time I feel a pain or I feel like uh, I'm regressing, I quote that scripture. I said, Lord, one of those stripes you took was for me. And my second scripture is 1 Peter 2 and 24, which says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So that's confirmation that I am healed, even if I'm in pain, even if I, I can't walk or talk or whatever, I am healed through Jesus Christ. Now, I want to say this. There are times that I don't feel like I'm healed. I don't feel like quoting the scripture. So what I did was I wrote them out on index cards. I have them on my dresser and in the bathroom. And when I get up in the morning, I quote those scriptures and meditate on the word of God. I'm still dealing with it because some days I feel like what's the use. But I tell you, the word of God is true. And I try to remember David when he encouraged himself. And sometimes I said, Lord, you know what? I, I, I just, whatever. But when you totally release it, that's when he can begin to work. It's not easy because I'm still dealing with a lot of pain and some after effects from my surgery. But I have to stand on the word of God. And I know the word of God is true. It doesn't change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's how I deal with it. I hold on to God's word. And I know he'll bring me through. And in his eyes, through the blood, I am healed. I am healed in the name of Jesus. So that's how I deal with one of my fears is healing. And I felt initially that he wasn't going to heal me, but his word says, I am healed. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share and hopefully can just encourage someone from my testimony. Awesome, Crystal. Thank you so very much for sharing that. And I like what your dad said. Look at her as if she's healed. Those are words that will go very far in I know a lot of times when we're in those situations, only thing we can see or feel is the, the pain that we're in or the scars that were left behind from the surgery. So those are powerful words, and I'm sure they will bring hope to others. Thank you very much for sharing. Chanel, <laughs> Chanel thank you so much for joining us. Please share a current or form of fear and how you dealt with it. Thank you for having me. This conversation is so important and I'm so honored that you um, called me to be a part of it because I am currently going through all the fear right now. Uh, so this is like a perfect um, moment to really talk about that. I am currently going through a transition. I just moved to Atlanta from Columbus, Ohio. And that was such a big move because, you know, I'm known in Ohio. I have established friendships, relationships, business relationships. And I was just at the peak of my business and God called me to move to Atlanta and I don't know why. So even like the reasoning behind it is still, you know, um, I'm seeking him to understand why, but it was so strong. The signs were so strong. He was talking to me all year about moving. So stepping out on obedience um, people say it like it's an easy thing, but it's really scary. It's really hard. We don't know 
you know, what's to come or you don't know the environment that you're in um, is it, very scary. So I'm currently just pushing through by grounding myself, knowing that at the end of the day, if I have fears because it's a lack of trust in God and like really pinpointing the reasons why I'm fearful, writing it down and then uh, replacing it with God's word and what he says about me and him obviously because his word is not returned to him void um so just trusting in god through that but also doing the mental health work to write why am i afraid so i could pinpoint you know is is it a movie i watched am i scared of um success because sometimes i realize that i'm not scared of um failure because i've <laughs> i had a long track record of failure i was scared of success so there's like certain certain things that i had to pinpoint and ground myself and just compare it to god's word so that's how i'm pressing through and it's um up and down sometimes i feel more courageous than others but it's it's a process to go through it but i think you just don't allow fear to cripple you into not moving so that's where i'm at right now awesome thank you so much for sharing i like the advice that you gave about writing down your fears and putting the whys on paper. Why am I fearful? Because you are right. So many times we are afraid of success. We Mm -hmm. are afraid of success. And we know certain things have been laid out for us, but when they come to fruition, we become paralyzed. Yeah. So, yes, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Of course. And now we will hear from Lynette Holmes. Please share with us about a current or former fear. So Uh, I said thank you for having me also. And I was saying that a former fear that I had um, that resonated with me Um, for a very long time, even up until recently, is um, when I had my son. Um, He is 32 years old and he's married, um, very successful in what he does, his line of work. Um, He does activism, um, you know, working for the underserved and the underprivileged and those who are disenfranchised. And my fear was um, when I had him that I didn't know if I could handle being a a mom and raising him and giving him what he needed. Um, Financially, I wasn't in a position to be a mother or anything, you know, which is often the case. Um, I was a single mom and that was a fear that I had. I would uh, cry at night, which a lot of people don't know. And I would sit on the edge of my bed and just cry like, you know, God, what am I going to do? How am I going to raise this baby? What am I going to do? And Thank God, you know, I had the family and, you know, the support that I needed. I always tell people, even currently, that they were my village. And we need a village, you know, a lot of times to get through things and we don't even realize it. And um, my mom didn't tell me until I would say probably about, I would say a good maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more, that she used to walk by my room and watch me cry, like listen to me cry. And she was saying that I didn't come in, she said, because I felt like it was something that you needed to work through on your own. She said, but I kept praying for you. And just knowing that I had, you know, my prayer warriors that I didn't even know were my prayer warriors at the time, just, you know, in the cusp 
praying nonstop, you know, being raised in the church and knowing, you know, the word, being familiar with the word for myself and knowing how, how to call on the Lord and pray for myself and ask God for those things that I needed afforded me the opportunity to see God work and move in my life and also in my son's life. And fast forward, you know, like I said, you know, initially when I started speaking, he's 32, he's married, he's successful in his own right. And just to look at him and, you know, be able to tell him all the time that he's the best thing that has, that's ever happened to me, aside from my relationship with God and the family that I was blessed to have, you know, growing up with my family, like, you know, we're very close, tight knit. And just having that, that was the biggest fear I think I've ever encountered in my entire life, just having to deal with that. And I can honestly say by the grace of God, here I am 32 years later, and I can sit here and be a witness and a living witness and say that God is awesome. He's amazing. And I can look back and say, but God, just based on my personal experience. Amen. Thank you for sharing. But God, and you are so right, it definitely takes a village to to live this life to live this life. So thank you so much for sharing. Alina, I'm going to ask you to come off mute and to share your current or form of fear and how you dealt with it. Thank you, Lynette. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, so I would certainly have to say fear of failure. And I have dealt with this in various forms um, and iterations because I've gone through so many transitions in my life. But when I think about my childhood um, and the narratives I heard, you know, I was always a high performer and I always heard, you know, do good in school, be a good leader, you know, make sure you make a good living for yourself after college. And I think what developed in me as I got older was unrealistic expectations, right? So I had to be perfect. I had to be stronger. I had to be smarter. I had to be more ambitious. And I didn't, I was always in fear of not being good enough, not being successful enough. And it wasn't until I experienced uh, depression and anxiety that I had to really sit down with the fear and through therapy, um, really good girlfriends and God, you know, I had to learn to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have the grace for myself, the grace to say no, you know, the grace to not be okay, the grace to not be perfect and the grace to not have to be everybody's savior. You know, I always had to do everything for everybody. If somebody needed me, I had to be there. If somebody asked me to do something, I had to do it and do it to the hundredth power because that's just how extra I was. And when I essentially crashed and burned, I really had to reflect on my value system um, and what it was that I truly valued and created a framework for myself to make decisions so that I was now making decisions that's in alignment with my value system and not just saying yes to everything just because I didn't want to say no and disappoint people. I had to be okay with people being disappointed or upset because I was no longer um, there for them from their perspective like I had been in the past. And to them, it's like, oh, she's changing. You know, she's acting a little different, you know, acting brand new or what have you, whatever the language is. 
<laughs> that's being used nowadays. But I had to be okay with that. And yes, relationships change, but it was for my own good. And I realized I was just doing way too much. So mm-hmm. now I'm at a point where and it's, it's a it's a daily situation where having to give myself grace just to 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 be and to exist and to be present. Um so between, you know, therapy, God, and like I said, really good girlfriends and really good village, I was able to navigate the space and determine what this new identity essentially for me was going to be um moving forward. Awesome. Awesome. That is powerful, Alina. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and being transparent. And I love giving yourself grace, giving yourself grace, because you are so right. As women, we we do. We try to cover everybody and take on everybody's issues and try to be that superhero that shows up with the big S on our chest yes. to dive in to help everybody. And it's so important that we take care of ourselves first, yes. just like when you're on the airplane. They tell you, you know, if the pressure drops, that mass drops, you put it on yourself first Absolutely. before you can reach out to help someone else. So thank you so much for sharing uh, your fear and how you overcame it or, or how you're dealing with it. Because just like you said, it's, it's daily. It's yes. daily. Uh, as long as we live, it, it, we're going to be fearful of something. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And last but not least, we will have Marion share about a fear, current or former, and how you've dealt with it. Thank you so much. I'm just listening to everybody just pouring out and sharing. And I think for me, fear is one thing that stifles me. And what I mean by that is so debilitating. It stifles you. It keeps you like in a box. And I would say my biggest fear probably is, I think, trusting people. And the thing is, is that I know for a fact that God has placed great people in my life to be supportive of me, to listen to me, and to just, um, you know, pour into me. But I've always been that type of person that's been in the background, you know, just like like just listening to what's going on and just being a part of the background. And I felt comfortable, comfortable really in my own skin. I just felt like that was how I needed to be, to be able to navigate through life. Um, the fear of trusting people and knowing that, you know, they, I, I wanted to feel like I have others and I want them to have me the same way. I want them, I want the reflection of myself to be them. Like I'm, I'm that type of person that's like, I will give you a thousand percent, but if I can't trust you, then I don't know if I can allow that to be an expectation to put, you know, on anybody else. So fear of people and um, just placing myself in a box. So now um, I would say that God has blessed me and I'm moving this camera. God has blessed me where I'm able to kind of like open up and be true to myself and really be true to others and really just be comfortable in the skin that I'm in without being judged, I think. You know, because I always felt like um, I was always in the shadows. And I don't know if it's because I was the youngest of the family. I don't know. 
if that was it. But I always felt like I was in the background, you know, like part of the furniture sort of. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that God has placed wonderful people in my life. And yes, my family and, you know, my extended family or my cousins, I have first cousins that are more like they're sisters to me. But I had to get to that point where I was like able to be able to expose, you know, who I am and to be able to be comfortable in my own skin. So that fear is is it's there at times, but I just believe that God has just opened up a whole new capacity. He has enlarged my tent. He has um, given me room to grow, put it that way. And so that, that I don't need to be stifled. I don't need to be put in a box. I don't need to be feeling like I'm always on the outside looking in. So that fear, it's sometimes it tries to pop up again, but I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And God wants us to trust him, you know, with all of our hearts to even in our relationships to lead and guide us you know, so that we can be, you know, who we're meant to be, who God has formed us to be, who God has called us to be, not in the background, because everybody has a voice. You have a voice um, that's going to be life-changing for somebody, you know, whether it's through an, you know, your ministry, your organization, um, even the kids that I come in contact with on a daily basis, um, they're looking to me for a voice. They're looking for support. They're looking for for somebody that they know that they can come to. And I really feel like I'm at that point when it comes to in education wise, um, that I have a reflection that others can look back on and say, you know what? I really want to know who this person really is. I see her on the outside, but I really want to know who she is. I really want to spend time with her. I really want to get to know like what makes her tick and what makes her happy. So um, I would say the fear is subsiding and I'm growing and enlarging my, my territory, enlarging my gates. I'm opening the door and saying, come on in because I want to sup with you as well as you sup with me. I want to spend time with you. But that's, that's it for me as far as fear. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Thank you so very much for sharing and being vulnerable. And we see you, we see you, we see you. So thank you. Thank you very much, ladies, for sharing those fears with us. I know this is going to be helpful to those who listen to this podcast because fear is something that we all deal with. And yeah. we need that village to help us and to bring us through and bring us over. And so thank you all for sharing. I'm going to close out today with one of my favorite poems called Our Greatest Fear by Marion Williamson. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. 
is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So my friends, go, be fearless, and let your light shine. Thank you. sometimes throw their way. And as author Noelle Schwantz so eloquently reminds us, somewhere in the world there is a darkness only you can heal. To do it, you have to face your shame. Visit us at www.lovemyphoebe.com to learn more.